This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. Well, you know what we're going to say, because it's the only thing we can say. It's the first show of 2024. Kelly and Ramia here. Kelly McDonald, Ramia Amadan, joining you this afternoon live Ontario. And we come together again to start a fresh new year. Basically, almost, not quite to the day yet, Kells, but celebrating a year's worth of shows being on TV. How's it going for you? Good, thank you very much. You're happy. I mean, ha- happy new year, everybody. Hope the best <laughs> for you. Hope it's a great one. Uh, safety, health, and I'll even throw wise or Wisdom? wealthy. One of the wealthy? two. Wealthy, wealthy, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. we, we, we can always dream. Uh, Rum, it's awesome. Next week, uh, yeah, our one-year anniversary uh, on AMI-TV and on AMI-audio. Uh, looking forward to just kind of, wow. You know, those little markers as we march forward day to day here. Exactly. And speaking of markers, a lot of people getting uh, gadgets and gifts and all kinds of things Cleaning over up, the right, holidays. Did you clean up? Clean uh, up. Uh, I mean, I sort of cleaned up. My mom really cleaned up because we got her a uh, one of these robot vacuums. I can't even shout out the brand because it was kind of like this never heard of plate thing. But anyway, Ooh. robot vacuums seem to be the thing now. I feel very late to the game, Kells. And you... Well, I don't own one, first of all, because I actually very much enjoy vacuuming. It's uh, maybe a cork. I'm not sure. I love vacuuming. It is so fun. I take the entire... Yeah, yeah. And just... I can't... I think of getting a robot vacuum as like a disservice in betrayal to my hobby of vacuuming. So anyway, have you played around with these... Yeah, or any um, music for that matter. No, but you've blown my mind with the fact that, I guess in my head, I've thought it was only really one brand out there, one robot one. And I mean, we've heard about it for years. I haven't thought a lot about getting hold of one, doing it, because we'd hear about, well, you've got to prep, you've got to get things ready, which makes sense, of course. Watch your cords yeah. and everything like that. You know, watch the cat. You don't want any bad accidents like that happening. But I never thought of no-name brand or whatever you want to call it, Rum. I'm not suggesting what you guys yeah. got your mom, a no-name brand. But I never thought of that Brands at all. shared technology, even though, of course, of course, after this long, of course everyone's got one. And there's so much that you got to, like, caveat before buying, right? Like, if you think you know everything about vacuums, and then now you add the robotic side to it, there's so much more. Like, does it bump into everything? Is this suction for the vacuum as good as you know something that you would have gotten that was manual also there's now uh, mop attachments that you can get so do you want that and then there's the does it perform well as a vacuum or a mop or both or you know the mapping of the house there's just like a lot of stuff yeah, that i the feel like alone is yeah, cool isn't it being yeah. able to say i need just this room done okay it drops off its stand mm-hmm. and goes off to do it battery cool. levels and all that stuff it's super interesting and anyways it was my um my entrance into the world of robot vacuums. So there so you'll you go. go and watch your mother's work whenever she decides to oh, She loves it. it. We're still thinking of a name oh, for it. it. I suggested Momo. She's not really happy with Freddy, that one. Fabulous Freddy. She wanted to name it after me. I thought that was kind of insulting as well. Anyway. Like what? What would she have called <laughs> like, it? Like Rum. Rumya the napper? No. Rumya gets up. My yeah. gets up after 10 a.m. This vacuum uh, doesn't work as hard as me. Come on, Kels, get out of here. Um, let's see what's coming up on Does today's the vacuum's nose grow too? show. <laughs> 
We're talking about which foods are better eaten raw versus eaten cooked. And this is the convos we're having with nutritionist Julia Garanches. I always love stunt talks, ladies and gentlemen. And when I say that, I mean with stunt people. Keith Sayers, motorcycle stunt rider, chats with us about the Motorcycle Super Show taking place later this week at the International Center. It'll be a good conversation. Hang in for it. Mm-hmm. Also, Greg David, our communications specialist at AMI, is joining us to discuss the upcoming AMI-TV special, All Access Kennedy. This was or comedy. This was filled in Halifax, and we're really looking forward to it finally airing this year. Uh, stuff going on around New Year's, which we're kind of catching up on. This one was a pretty brutal experience for people. It's mm. expected that today's rail commute will go more smoothly in California's San Francisco Bay Area than it did on New Year's Day. A BART train derailed and then caught on fire between two stations just north of Oakland, forcing passengers to evacuate the train between the Orinda and Lafayette stations. Local media report nine people were hurt, but no serious injuries. Officials with the Bay Area Rapid Transit quickly had a crane in place to get the two derailed cars back on the tracks. A transit spokesman estimated tens of thousands of people were impacted, some stranded on a holiday. I'm Jackie Quinn. I mean, we're thinking, yes, it's a holiday, but also for some people, work day, it's uh, people were commuting because they needed to be at places, maybe some, you know, going to visit the family finally or whatever it may be. And that's just the personal aspect of it, Kels. But then the bigger aspect of what kind of disaster this was, pretty scary. Yeah, I think when you find because of transit, we're so used to things running so well, you think they're going to run more uh, smoothly with the technology behind uh, behind everything. But always something can happen. And unfortunately, sometimes when they do it, it's pretty colossal. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And I think because so many of us use transit, boy, does it ever really throw you off with the problems. But it's interesting we just say, wow, what a bad commute day. Because that's, uh, for most people, 95% of people who aren't even remotely close to the incident, right. that's all it is. It is, but then you think about, like, connections, right? Because I hear, I think about local transit here at TTC. You know, you go and you take your local transit to then connect you with the bigger transit systems uh, to get out of the city and all this stuff. So one thing piles up, and then the domino effect is just catastrophic and can be. But you're so right, where it's like, oh, well, what a sucky way to start off the new year. <laughs> and that's exactly. all. That's all just a bad commute day. After the break, we are hitting one of our Tuesday staples, which is our conversation with Dr. Danielle Jeankind, our veterinarian chat. And today, she's going to recap some of her favorite topics of 2023 with us. We're going to weigh in as well because there was a lot of great conversation to be remembered and look back on. We'll be right back. This is Kelly and Ramya. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. It's 
Kelly and Remia, thanks for joining us. We are here on every single weekday, AMI-audio and AMI-tv, live on AMI-tv at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and then you can catch some repeats as well. And then 4 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio for our first airing and every eight hours as with the usual schedule of AMI-audio. You can also check us out on your favorite podcast platform. Starting fresh for 2024, let's get into our Ask a Vet Convo with Dr. Danielle Johnkind. Whether they provide us with companionship and income, food, or serve a critical role in the ecosystems that support us, animals are vital to human health. Have fun with us as we learn about animal-related topics and about the amazing bond we share with our animal friends. Because we're fresh into 2024, it feels like we just finished an entire year of Ask a Vet conversations on Tuesdays mm -hmm. with Danielle, and she's going to recap some of her favorite topics of 2023 with us, and we're going to weigh in, Kelly and I as well, with our favorites. Danielle, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's really lovely to have you back. I'm so glad you stuck around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was going to be back. No worries. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So it's hard to believe that you've been on our show as a regular weekly contributor for years, like so many years. What is it now? Six years? Right from the beginning. Yeah. It feels very, very long. I mean, you've been here longer than I have. That's for sure. So what do you like about being a contributor on this show? Well, um, I know I have to say that when I applied to vet school, I never really expected that a career in vet medicine would lead me to doing anything like this, you know, um, but it's been absolutely amazing to do this for our listeners. Um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I love how we all have a sense of humor when we're talking about the lighter side of veterinary medicine. And, you know, for me, it's actually um, a great way to keep up with my continuing education. I mean, vets are supposed to stay current with what's new and what's up and coming in scientific research. And for a lot of the more medical and technical topics that we, we discuss, you know, I'm always researching what's new so I can talk about, you know, what's up to date on the show. And I really like that challenge of finding that blend, you know, the, the serious, useful and fun categories of topics for the show. And, and honestly, that's a little bit harder than you might think to get right. Um, you know, I try to do some technical topics related directly to vet medicine and animal health, some topics that are not really specific to vet medicine, but are related to animals and some stuff about pets that I think will be useful to people who live with them. And, and of course, some topics that are purely just for fun because, well, you know, I'm not totally serious all the time and I don't <laughs> think you guys are either. <laughs> Mm -mm. Uh, that would be insulting if someone said that to me. You're too serious. What? Um, you know what has <laughs> always impressed me, Danielle, is that rhythm. And and once you got that rhythm of, okay, we're going to do some serious, a little more serious, very serious, or light, or let's do a couple of light, it, it, lighter topics, I will say it that way, or, or have some out and out fun and do a lot of laughing. I've always amazed because you're here every week just with that rhythm of how one settles into it. And really, Fedora's off to you for that because I think that's a, an amazing skill to have, especially for someone saying, geez, I never thought I'd be doing any of this. Um, so if we take the different types of topics that we're going over and saying you cover off, can you tell us what were your favorites from the past year that we did in 2023? 
Uh, well, for the topics directly related to vet medicine, uh, my favorite one from this past year was actually something really in commonly encountered by clients of vet practices. So on May 23rd, we talked about blood testing. And, you know, at first glance, it seems like a bit of a boring topic, I guess. But, you know, there seems to be a lot of misinformation out there about blood tests and what they can and can't do. Um, you know, when I suggest a blood test to clients, I sometimes get the question, but he just had one a few months ago. Why would he need another one? And, mm. you know, and that tells me that a lot of people don't realize there's an entire catalog of tests that can be run on a blood sample. And of course, we pick and choose which ones to run at a visit rather than running them all every time. And of course, that test that we run now might not be the same one we recommended a few months ago because the situation has changed. Or even though your pet's test was normal a few months ago, we're concerned that it may not be normal now. And I really thought that was important information to get out there and for people to understand. And it's, of course, something that's it's a really common recommendation for a vet to make and for you know a pet person to receive. So I thought it was important. And there's also information in that segment about making it easier on your pet to get blood taken, you know, using those distraction techniques and food rewards that I talk about all the time. And of course, the easier it is on our pets and their people, you know, the more likely they are to get better vet care. So that had to be one of my favorites for that type anyway. Mm. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. And there's so much kind of like, you know, that we wouldn't necessarily look into just the average person, Danielle. And uh, so when you come on here and give us like very deep dive type subjects uh, or information into subjects, it definitely feels like, uh, you know, things that we wouldn't have otherwise just run across because we Google searched it ourselves, right? So if we move on to the category of useful topics for people who have pets, do you have a favorite in that box of things? <laughs> well, I guess I cheated a bit with this one because it kind of overlaps with the first category. But, you know, um, in my defense, I did say that sometimes happens. Yeah, fair. But on, on February 7th, we, we actually talked about telemedicine, which, of course, has been around for a while, but has really taken off since the pandemic. And we talked about how veterinary medicine is regulated by provincial bodies in Canada and how veterinarians in each province can only practice in the provinces in which they're licensed. And similarly, veterinarians who are licensed elsewhere cannot necessarily practice here until they get licensed here. So that's a surprise to many people. And of course, this requirement of licensing um, also applies to the practice of telemedicine in Ontario, at least. Um, I haven't looked up the regulations for other jurisdictions, so they might be different, but I thought it was important for people to know the benefits and limitations of what telemedicine can do in a veterinary context and to know that it really can't replace one of those in-person visits. Mm. Um, we also talked about the ability of vets in Ontario to prescribe medication without examining an animal in person um, in that segment. And of course, you know, um, talked about how they can only do that in a limited way and only to give a prescription for enough medication until your pet can get in to see their regular veterinarian. So as that situation evolves, you know, and the regulations and, and everything change, like we'll have to kind of keep up to date with that. I have found it very interesting over the years, Danielle, especially as a person who, who doesn't doesn't have a pet, but 
I, you know, when I hear about things that are so similar in the way of, obviously, I understand the behavior, someone come in, talk to you, the, the connected behavior between human life and, and pet life or, uh, and the way people kind of view that family member, but also even down to medications. There's times we've had the talk about medications or a health issue, and they're so similar, parallel, or what we might say, oh, my gosh, that's horrible for a human. And I, you learn how much, but yeah, but it's a very different story. Uh, so, you know, for, for, for a pet. So I have learned so much from some of those. And when you talk about these things and do the comparison, mm. you find it incredibly helpful. So what about the shows where we talked about animal topics that were unrelated to veterinarian medicine at all? Which one was your favorite in that category? Well, actually, on June the 6th, we talked about an awesome group called the Friends of the RGF Reef Group that are building um, artificial reefs to support marine life in the Gulf of Mexico. And, you know, for me, this was really one of those feel-good success stories that I came across, and I just had to share it with you guys and with our listeners, you know. We hear all kinds of stories on the news about our oceans being in trouble from things like overfishing and pollution. And this was a story about the locals realizing that fish populations were in trouble right. because dragging the seafloor for species like shrimp was disrupting the local reef ecology. And of course, this group then went out and they started cleaning and sinking old boats, uh, concrete railway ties, cinder blocks, all kinds of things to create these artificial reefs, which are doing great things by providing habitat for marine life in the area. And we talked about how the University of Texas is also doing a study on this project to evaluate its usefulness in capturing and storing carbon. So, you know, mm -hmm. with all the doom and gloom we often hear about environmental topics, it was like just really super great to share something positive for a change. I really yeah. like yeah, that this one. This was one of my favorites that over all, all from all of them all last year, but mm. in this category, for sure, it was a lot to picture the images, the ideas of what people had because of our huge concerns about plastics, about definitely what's going on to, to the wreaths in, or, you know, in our world. And it just seems so hopeless, the things you've been hearing about. And well, how do we fix that so far down underwater? What do we do with the water a size of an ocean affecting these wreaths? And this was just such a nice, nice positive yeah. thing. Or it seems to be. I think so too. Yeah, it, it's one of these conversations where, and we have several of these types of things where we just start to understand and connect the chain of, uh, you know, us and animals and nature and everything that kind of revolves around everything else. And, you know, this specifically feels like that. Okay, then you'll obviously... This one obviously... and the gorilla one, right? The gorillas too. Yeah, yeah, that was, was, that, was that last. That was last year too, I think so, yes. yeah. Um, Danielle, how about the purely for fun category? Because obviously this is one of our favorites. Oh, mine too, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite in that one this year was uh, September 26, where we highlighted some animal news stories. So this was the show where we talked about the barking dogs being added to a symphony in Denmark. <laughs> um, we had a story about voles being used to study how hormones influence falling in love. Uh, we found out that rats were becoming a tourist attraction in New York City. Yeah, super <laughs> fun. Kelly remembers and that. And my favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah. And my favorite, of course, the bears stealing the Krispy Kreme donuts out of an unattended <laughs> van in Alaska. <laughs> what a year for bears. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. So many bear stories. Yeah. yeah. Our animal friends are never boring, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. And what about you guys? So um, who wants to go first, do you think? 
for me, like, it's it's more of a category thing. There's so many segments we have with you, Danielle. And when I think of just the title of your segment, which is Ask a Vet, I think of this as just tips and tricks coming straight from the vet. And you've had, uh, you know, lots of conversations with us where you've talked about bathing tips or, you know, outdoor tips with your uh, animal friends when you're going hiking with your dogs, what to consider. Or if you're if you're talking about like uh, first aid for your dogs and grooming in general, all of these kind of like um, keep in mind dot 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 a category is really really fun for me and just you know take home tips if you will and with that comes the descriptions of different things right like understanding what to look for physically um symptoms of illnesses and things like that but not necessarily just that you know just thinking like make sure to check behind the ears you know and and i find that to be just very like tactile and informational to just remember if you own cats if you own dogs or any other animals too we've highlighted a lot kind of a lot of different pets um to be useful Kels? I find the unique ones, the island with the horses, the things yeah. that you tell us in the stories with the histories, history that's come. How did this come to be? For, for someone who's not a pet owner, I think those grab me almost like I'm sitting in front of the, you know, watch nature or whatever channel and away it comes something like, what? What? That's so cool. <laughs> um, that stuff really gets me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There were some really good ones. The Sable Island horses were really good. Yes, um, that really was really good. great. And then there was the one, I think it was last year about the right whales, you know, which was really kind of mm. cool too. The last of well, the right that whales. Plight too, because it was such a plight that went on with the, the right whales and the concerns um, that we were following in the news, even before the pandemic. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Danielle, awesome. Well, it's enough, always nice to recap some of the things that we've talked about already, and even just to bring back the conversations themselves uh, throughout this year to remind ourselves of the things that we talked about. So thank you for your weekly contributions. Mm-hmm. No problem. Looking forward to more. Yeah, us too. Dr. Danielle Johnkind joins us on Tuesdays. That's for Ask a Veterinarian, where she brings all her expertise and research and puts it in a nice 15-minute box for us. And so uh, you can check that out on your podcast platform, whatever is still out there from last year's conversations, and continue to tune in for the weekly convos here. After the break, we have our every other week convo with nutritionist Julia Caranchis. And today she's tackling what foods... To eat raw versus eat cooked. We'll be back with that information on Kelly and Ramia after the break. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramia return with more in a moment. Obviously, with the new year comes a reset, Kells, and the way that us producers are scratching our heads about this is, like, with our bi-weekly contributors, you know, who's on this week? Did we skip last week, or did they miss it, or how do we... And I think a, a lot of people, including ourselves, are still trying to figure out the patterns. Even though well, I, think I think it's in the does, books, right? like, we know it what is. we're supposed to be doing, but we're, like... Uh. <laughs> I, I think also the rules, the way we kind of do things. Do we, when we miss a Monday, bring Monday people yeah, onto a Tuesday? Yeah. Or do we skip people when it comes to certain times? Do you, because we just can't do anything about it, and there's not enough spots to, to fill in to make up for a whole week when people yeah. are away. And, and how do you be fair about it? To, it feels to like math. 
You know, like oh, who was on certainly. last week? Who was on the week before? I don't know. I can't even remember the last time, you know, what what happened on the last show that we were actually on, that kind of thing. Why'd you guys double up and take off space from other shows? A finance nightmare. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, exactly. Never, never. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Folks, it's time to talk nutrition. We have our bi-weekly conversation with Julia Carantius. Join me on Kelly and Ramya as we dive into the wonderful world of nutrition and wellness with tips to stay healthy and live a vibrant lifestyle. So, uh, Julia, Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. And I want to start, of course, with the most important thing. What, in your case, was the most evil thing you let yourself indulge in in the oh. way of food over the time off? Food-wise. I don't know if there was one thing. <laughs> there was too many. But I can tell you that it was maybe a category of food, and that was like things that were sweet, and specifically things that were homemade or chocolate. Oh, so if there was a homemade good. cookie, there was no chance I was going to say no to it. And it didn't even have to be a cookie. I mean, it could have been an Nanaimo bar or some other sort of, you know, <laughs> sweet square. square Anything kind of thing, that was yeah. homemade. It's, I always green light those. Like, yes, please. I will um, try that. I will also try that one. Is it because of the effort someone puts into yeah. making it? Or in your mind, is it better because, like we talked about in your last segment with us, it, it's kind of made without buying something with all the preservatives and garbage in it? It's sort of something that, that it could be made a little better for you? Uh, that's such an interesting question because we, I mean, so funny that we did just talk about homemade things. It, it has to do with the effort that was put into it and the fact that somebody took their time to make these items, which I know are going to taste delicious, that I do it. And also because it doesn't happen all the time. You know, mm -hmm. I know that and I'm not going to it. takes so little effort this. to eat it. <laughs> it's so easy, really, like, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, it takes so, and I know that I'm not going to get this Christmas cookie you know, in February, That's I'm going to get it now or, you know, whatever well, they've made. And so even if I they make it again next it. Christmas, it may not quite like be the same where they might say, oh, I did that last Christmas. I'm not going to do that for another four or five. What? Yeah. It's, there's a cycle here. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't say no. If it was homemade, I ate it. Awesome. Okay, Julia, a great topic again to kick us off into <laughs> a new year on the program. Today, we're chatting about which foods, because we ask ourselves this, I know you've asked it, be honest with yourself, folks, which foods are better eaten raw and which ones are better eaten cooked? Yeah, good question. I, that's a good question because I feel like there's so many things to be finicky about when you're eating. And we have talked before on this segment, we've actually done a whole segment on the benefits of eating raw food yeah. and mm -hmm. you know how we lose nutrients when we're cooking during the cooking process during even the cutting process um and so we know that there's a lot of benefit to eating food raw specifically fruits and vegetables but not everybody likes to eat things that are raw so i thought today we will talk about the benefits that some foods have when they're eaten cooked because yeah. you know there's, there's always going to be benefits. So for, you know, like if a vegetable is cooked too long, we know that it loses its vitamin C. If it's cooked at, you know, even too high a temperature, the vitamin C degrades, as well as some of the B vitamins, because both of those are water soluble. But then there's other compounds in these foods that actually become more absorbable to us when the vegetable 
is cooked. And that's what we're going to highlight today. Mm-hmm. All right. This, so this we'll start of, with. Ahead, sorry, I was just going to say this kind of convo is becoming more prevalent nowadays, too, like just all over social media and stuff, you know, the food science and the how to cook yeah. and how not to cook and what you're actually doing when you're, you know, adding this or that into your cooking process. And what it's extracting or adding yeah. to it, which is kind of. Yeah, the you, ideal ways and not it. so ideal ways. It's interesting, like more and more people are just getting on board with figuring this stuff out and not just doing it because that's yeah. the way we've done it forever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so much to have in this conversation because, you know, you could be cooking something and then somebody says to you, oh, you know, you're losing all the vitamin C when you do that. But then you could say, well, okay, yes, I'm losing it, but I'm getting something else. And Uh then, uh you know. And I I think that's where the individual comes into it, not just how do you like it, cold, warm, whatever. It's those things you're looking for. So what does cooking do that allows for these nutrients, nutrients to be absorbed better? It does vary depending on the vegetable. For example, with carrots, it can make cell walls less rigid, making it easier for your body to absorb nutrients, like the carotenoids that are in it. With spinach, it breaks down a naturally occurring compound called oxalic acid, which blocks the absorption of iron and calcium. So if you cook the spinach and you break down this compound, you'll absorb more of the iron because it's not being blocked by this compound. So it it's not a general rule for everything in terms of the cooking, but there are definitely benefits with, with that heat yeah. exposure. Interesting points, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the spinach. How would you cook it? Yeah, spinach is, is funny, right? Um, you would blanch it. So okay, this means yeah. that you would put the leaves in boiling water for a minute. And that's a literal minute. That's, you know, 60 seconds. And then you would place them in a bowl of ice water. Once that's done, you can either use them right away or you could store them, use them in omelets, add them to soups and stews right at the end of that simmering time, that simmering point. Um, you, at this point, you could also throw them into smoothies, which we've talked about before. And this is where you're going to get a lot of iron from from this spinach. So blanching, but just for 60 seconds, dip them in boiling wow. water. To kind of yeah. like... Uh, that be careful you don't, well, not overdo it or b- almost like burning it out of it. Well, the, then it just wilts into this yeah. um, mushy mess and i mean you could probably cook a whole bag of spinach and then fit it into your mouth yeah if it's wilted too much so you know the word that we use to describe that quick cooking method is you know blanch you blanch it it's blanch not it. fully cooked but it's heated but it enough to it break in. down mm. yeah mm-hmm. okay all right uh what other vegetables do you consider are better cooked okay so here's my short list to keep things simple carrots tomatoes and asparagus. There's a couple of others, but I think these are really common and easily to access. So carrots, tomatoes, and asparagus. I'm surprised about tomatoes. Let's get into it. Well, yeah, because tomatoes, I'm not a big tomato fan, and I eat them raw, and I prefer the little guys raw as opposed to, like, I mean, if they're in something, I'll cook, but they, to me, have no real taste cooked, and I can hear people saying, what the heck's this clown talking about? But I tend to be happy. Oh, my goodness, I'm eating tomatoes. And now yeah. they'd be better cooked. Like, I, exactly. I think that more often than not now, when I think of tomatoes, I'm thinking, yeah, it's tossed into a salad, right? Or it's tossed in its raw form, like mm-hmm. you're having it on a burger or, or something. Or you cut it and eat it, just like food yeah, yeah, yeah. almost like, right? Exactly. You know, it's like, like... Carrots more often we're cooking anyways. But can we get into carrots, though? What do you absorb better yeah. when it's cooked? 
Okay, so with the carrot, it's it's kind of an easy one. You're going to absorb those carotenoids better in a carrot. And a carrot doesn't um, require anything fancy. So again, right. we're not talking specifically vitamins. We're talking other nutrient components. And in the carrot, we're talking about a carotenoid. That's what the word is. It's a cancer-fighting antioxidant. Okay. And, and, and it just almost like brings it, brings it up, brings it to life, if you want to say. So how would you cook it? Okay, this is where, you know, you, you do get particular. So spinach, we're blanching. Carrots, we are exposing them to heat. But if you pan fry them, it has the opposite effect and will cause the carotenoid level to decrease. So the okay. suggested way, I know, I, I know it's a lot to remember, but, you know, choose what you like, you know, pick and choose what, what you think might work for you. So mm -hmm. the suggested way to reap the full benefits is to boil the carrot whole just for a few minutes. It doesn't need to be fully soft or fully cooked through just for a couple of minutes and then slice it or chop it after. And again, you can use it however you want to use it at that point. Mm. I don't know if anybody mm. does that. I don't. So in a crock pot, it's a little too long, that. right? Like in a crock pot, it would be too long if you had it as part of something. It's slow cooking, yeah. yeah. And you're not pulling out a whole carrot that you've already slow cooked no. and then dicing it. But that is interesting to think of it that way. Yeah. Um, Julie, does it make a difference if you steam the carrot versus toss it right into the water and boil it, like the contact? Um, I mean, steaming is definitely one of the best ways to cook things, which we did talk about yeah. when we talked about yeah. raw yeah. food, because yeah. when you boil, things will leach out in the water. Exactly. Um, but the the things that are leaching out are more often, more. this is generally speaking, more often vitamins. But vitamins. in this case, right. we're talking about carotenoids which are you know a different compound so okay. there's again there's these pros and cons to eating things cooked and raw nothing is wrong yeah. there's just you know there's benefits to what are all you looking it. for what do you need yeah from it? right okay all right back to the tomato then um what are the benefits of cooking tomatoes okay so we're talking here about a antioxidant called lycopene and tomatoes this is a great one they are so easy they are, you know, like with carrots, okay, like spinach, you're blanching for 60 seconds. Carrots, you've got to cook them whole, but not too long. With tomatoes, it doesn't actually matter. Mm. You can have them as a pasta sauce. You can roast them and eat them whole with Parmesan cheese or something melted on top. They are easy because they're less temperamental when they're cooking. So it doesn't matter, again, if they're fried, if they're baked, or, or if they're pureed into sauce any heat will increase the absorption of that lycopene which is a phytochemical that's good for heart and certain types of cancers so again all these forms of heat do degrade the vitamin c but there's the trade-off right so this just provides a great example to the benefit of eating a variety of foods in a variety of methods i mean today right. maybe you ate yeah. pizza and then tomorrow you had a raw salad Yep. Great. Okay. Good on all fronts there. Yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. My favorite, asparagus. Um, you listed it I, as a vegetable. That's I did cooked. I did. I know. I, I don't know how many people eat raw asparagus. I personally have eaten it. I I've never find tried it that. easy to snack mm. on to just, you know, have the spear in my bag like it would have yeah. You know, like a carrot stick or a celery stick. So I have eaten raw asparagus numerous times, but it actually is better if you eat it raw. Um, and again, this is blanched, blanched like spinach. Okay. Um, 
so you're not pan frying, you're not sort of boiling it till it's mush, mush, mush. Um, but again, you're blanching it. And you know, another fun fact, you slightly blanch it and you toss it in some olive oil and that fat Yum. is going to help absorb some of the antioxidants that's found in asparagus. And there, and there are a number of antioxidants there that you'll absorb, right? And so again, the heat helps absorb the antioxidants when those cell walls are, are heated. Hmm. And then you add olive oil and you just get even more benefit. I was going to say, so, add fantastic. olive oil at the end of all of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you said that with olive oil rum. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everything. With the tomato, the carrots, whatever, man. Just Let add it all yeah. float in there. Let <laughs> it swim backwards and back crawl in that oh, olive God. oil. Uh, Julia, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful conversation again. Julia Krantzis joins us bi-weekly to talk nutrition on the program opposite our wellness segment with Francis Wong. There's some fun stuff to check out around this time of year in Toronto. One of them is the Motorcycle Super Show that happens in Mississauga, just outside of Toronto. Keith Sayers is a um, motorcycle stunt rider, and he's joining us after the break to talk about the show, about his own experiences, and we've got some fun clips for you as well. Be right back. It's Kelly and Ramia. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Thanks for hanging out here with us. It's Kelly and Ramya on Accessible Media. Appreciate your time and appreciate the conversations that we have here. Kelly McDonald, Ramya Amazon. And we're going to be getting into some cool things going on around the greater Toronto area because this is a pretty big deal. It happens annually and we love talking about it, uh, getting to know some of the people behind the things that are going on and in front of, I guess. This mm -hmm. week... North America's largest motorcycle show takes place at the International Centre in Mississauga, Ontario. Now, if you know the International Centre, you know how huge of a place this is, uh, and it's got a lot of cool stuff going on. And the motorcycle super show is one of the cooler things that happens there. So, this show is a uh, an extreme freestyle event featuring many cool tricks and displays, and Keith Sayers motorcycle stunt rider from the family plan on apple tv is here to describe the show to us tell us a little bit about himself and just get us all hyped so keith welcome to kelly and remy thanks for coming on thanks for having me looking forward to chatting with you can you give us a little bit of background on yourself your career in motorsports uh, uh, what this kind of thing means to you so I've been doing uh, freestyle motocross. This will be my, my my 19th year, actually. Um, so we just, we travel around the world and do stunts and, you know, backflips and tricks like that, just uh, entertaining crowds. And what kind of context are we talking about? Just like, you know, shows or we're, we're going to talk about the family plan, but uh, what other ways, how do you participate in these stunts? So, so freestyle motocross is we're jumping off of an eight foot tall ramp going around 35 feet in the air. And while we're in the air doing, you know, tricks called seat grabs, cliffhangers, kiss of deaths, things like that. So, wow. uh, just, it's a really high energy sit on the edge of your seat kind of, uh, sport and entertainment for, you know, little kids all the way to your grandparents. Nice. That's phenomenal. I, I think about 
all your time you're practicing, getting into it as you get better and better and go higher and higher and do more and more things in the air. And of course, what comes to mind is, ouch, <laughs> whether it's the landings, whether it's, oh, that, gee, that didn't work out so well. And somebody come up, you know, when you do that stunt, one of the more seasoned vets and like yourself telling people, yeah, when you do that next time, you may want to try to not do this or do that. But it's all experience, learning and a lot of watching and taking that advice, isn't it, Keith? Yeah, absolutely. It's all work in progress still to this day. I mean, I just got done riding I'm, uh, with a couple friends and I mean, I'm 41 years old and I'm still pushing, trying to learn some new tricks even after doing it this long, just because I always constantly want to be better. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun. It's a good time until you do hit the ground. Then it's not so fun, but for some reason we always get back on it and keep doing it. Where do you I practice? Remember. How do you practice at a sport like this? Where do so, you go? <laughs> I'm I'm actually in California, um, and then we have we have setups to practice like right here in the backyard. It's actually just behind me, um, so it's just a dirt landing and concrete in run with a ramp, so we can just keep practicing and, and learning, you know, wow. staying on top of what we already do know too. I like how you said that. You just if something happened, you just get back up on on the bike. I remember being told that when I was a horseback rider. You know, oh, you don't fall, just yep. get back up on. Oh, <laughs> That's Keith, that's how most sports are. My my daughter actually rides horses. She got bucked off last week too, and it's you know she throws herself back on there and keeps going. And most of that's the fear thing, right? So you don't let it let it rule you and that kind of thing. When we talk about your stunt riding, it's progressed elsewhere, um, such as Mark Wahlberg's movie. Uh, we're going to show a little clip from it and talk a little bit about doing this kind of stunt work when it comes uh, comes to it. Uh, you crashed through a billboard here in the family plan, uh, and now we're going to run this in real time, which is a wide shot for those uh, listening into the show or those needing a little description here. You'll hear it first with the wide shot as he goes through the board, and then a slow motion. So any of you with some vision, take a, take a real close look at it uh, as we run this twice for you. Here, here, here Keith is going through the billboard. I like the slow motion, yeah. Keith, because I get to hear it drag right <laughs> out. Talk to us about what about this stunt, about how it worked. Uh, we would love to know, too, how you got involved with the film. So there's a lot there. Um, it's been probably 2016. I did my first TV commercial. I did a Ralph Lauren TV commercial, and I actually had to do a backflip oh. for it. So to get into the movie world, you have to have a SAG card, and... They actually, I, I got my SAG card then, and since then I, I did a Russell Westbrook commercial, like a Mountain Dew commercial. Uh, I did a Mark Wahlberg movie right before, it was like 2020 or so, and then this one, you know, the, the stunt company called and they said, hey, are you interested in doing this stunt? And at first I was like, what do you mean jump through a billboard? And <laughs> do I got to land on a landing? Like, And they're like, no, you have to, you know, you have to crash. So on the other side of the billboard, the billboard was built out of balsa wood, so and it was scored. So, you know, it's not like I was going right through plywood. No. Right. Right. 
And then I had to land in cardboard boxes, which, I mean, I, I have experience of foam pits and things like that over the years, but never cardboard boxes. But I work, you know, with, uh, with this stunt company and they're, I mean, they're as professional as they come and I, I trust them. And, you know, we, we knocked it out of the park on our first try. They had, they had Quite two literally. extra billboards. sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was pretty cool because. I mean, I looked at the billboard and I said, all right, I'm going right through the O and watch right here. I go right through the O. <laughs> and then on the backside on the cardboard boxes, got everybody had like, uh, you know, Sharpies and they were putting their name down and making bets where I was going to land in the cardboard boxes. <laughs> so, you know, it's fun for the it's whole a, It's a little bit of trying to make it a little fun. And, and on top of that, too, it kind of takes your, your mind off of how scary maybe you're going to do. And believe it or not, I actually wasn't wasn't that nervous doing it i was mentally prepared just like i do with what i'm doing you know, which what you'll see me doing next weekend is you know you just sometimes i have to go out and i'll ride my motorcycle in front of fifty thousand people and and you have to stay focused and just do your thing and that's what i did in the movie so is there well, such well, thing as a retake and with something like this <laughs> in the movie yes right? there, you have to yeah yeah there there was they had like i said they had they had spare bikes and they had spare billboards and everything already printed and made. And basically we could have done it up to three times if okay. we didn't get it right the first time. That is wild, wild to That's think wild. about. What about yeah. your protective gear, whether it's for the show this weekend or for doing this kind of stunt? I'm sure it varies to a degree, but there must be some things, commonality that you are able to wear under to, to, to be protective. Probably more obvious well, stuff doing a show like this weekend than what you're... Yeah, I mean, in the the billboard thing, I I did wear a, a chest protector underneath, but like doing the backflips and the tricks, like I'm just wearing. I like I said, I just got done wearing, and it's just uh, you know, this Thor jersey that's super thin and like flexibility and movement doing what I'm doing, like doing yeah. the trick part of it. Yeah, um, really important. crashing into build, you know, boxes. I I had armor on underneath of like the leathers and things like that, and I wear knee pads and the best boots that are on the market too. Same with helmets. Like mm. helmets are extremely important with what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, you're a pro, right? So you have to be prepared in those circumstances, whatever it may be. I'm curious about, like, going back to you at the Motorcycle Super Show here in Mississauga, Ontario. Tell us about what that's going to be like for people. Can you describe what the experience for you is going to be like for people coming to watch you? This will be, I want to say I've been coming for over 10 years to this show. I mean, some years I make it, some years I don't with just scheduling things. But, uh, you know, the the shows run for, I say, roughly like 20 minutes. And we ride three times a day. And they have, there'll be two other riders with me. So, um, you know, the show kind of builds and we, as we progress with tricks and lead into the backflips and things like that. So it's more of a show and... and I know there's street bike guys, I believe, too, that'll be there. So just, it's just, it's a good fun show for everybody to enjoy as well. And it's a great, you know, bonus to when you come to the show as well, you know, mm -hmm. you get that part of it as well. And then we do autographs afterwards so you can meet us and ask questions and everything. Nice. So, and you're solo. Like when you're performing, it's just you. You're not sharing the, the stage or the space with somebody else in that moment. Yeah, so like as the show goes, see the video there. We, I mean, basically we're we're jumping like our own segments, and then it gets towards the end, and we call it the trains, which are the most dangerous part of the show. And 
because you're just putting trust in the person in front of you. And I always like right. to go first, but that's just me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but if I mess up, I'm getting ran over. So oh, when, when it's one about like one after another, after another, like you're putting trust in faith into the guys that you're riding with. And that's what we have just doing this with one another every weekend. So, and there's no other yeah. communication, like there's no sign or signal to be like, no. okay, it's your, t- wow. Oh, you and mean it's it when you say trust. Yep, trust, right. Well, and, and again, another. you guys work together on other shows. This is one of the biggest shows, right? Uh, in, in When you look through North America, is it one of the bigger shows? And and so many places where you guys all see each other, one after the other well, kind of thing, and do these? Yeah, I mean, this one's this one's one of the better ones for sure over on the... the um, I've been doing the Calgary Stampede, actually. This will be my 15th year doing that one as well. But, I mean, for Toronto... Um, it's definitely you can't beat it, and I guess I jumped to Boots and Hearts this year too. So mm. um, right. I make it over that way quite a bit. I, I definitely I enjoy it over there, and the people are great. So especially this show, I mean, everybody's so so awesome to work with. It's like a family. Okay. So to encourage people to go to the show, yeah. Tell me what is the thing that outside of performance for you when you have that time? What do you go there looking for? Who do you find yourself talking the most with? So. Just fans. I mean, um, you know, all the dealers, basically the dealer at this show is like all the new products that come out for 2024. Like Parts Canada is one of my my bigger sponsors and they bring all their their gear and, you know, all the manufacturers like Yamaha and everybody bring their their new models and you can come and check it. I mean, it's great when you see a new product on, the, on you know, the internet and whatnot, but to actually go there and and feel it, touch it, sit on it, you know, all the above. It's, it gives you a better idea of like what you're, you're getting. So that's what this whole show is. Like a lot of the manufacturers and everybody and, and gear and all the different companies bring the helmet, same thing. Some helmets fit differently than other helmets. Mm-hmm. So to be able to go there and, and put it on your head and be like, Oh, this one fits really well. Or, you know, so that's, what's so awesome about this show. You get in a lot of conversations with other enthusiasts when you're there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, doing it as long as I have a a lot of people, it's kind of hard sometimes for them to comprehend how I got where I'm at, especially, I mean, I was born and raised in Montana. So in a sport that was built and created in, you know, California, and I always wanted to be able to make it work, never leaving Montana, but um, here I am in California just Mm. for the winters though. But you know, being able to ride your motorcycle 12 months a year, it's its very important, you know. Keith, before we let you go, can you describe a move to us? We have a lot of, like, low vision and blind audiences here, and if you have, like, a top move or a, cl- a crowd pleaser, maybe something you do on the train before getting knocked down by the person behind you, can you describe a move? <laughs> My... My favorite and kind of signature trick that it it's just really relatable for a lot of people. It's called the Captain Morgan. And <laughs> I actually do it. Say I do less. it right this side up. Relatable. And I do. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Exactly. So, you know, when, when we're doing tricks and you, you hear a trick called a cliffhanger, well, a cliffhanger is where I jump off the bike and I stick my feet underneath the handlebars. And then I stand up all the way on top of the bar bike over the top of it. And then, you know, it's, it's just not really hard to, it's hard to understand kind of that, but a Captain Morgan, like we've all seen the TV commercial of the the pirate mm-hmm. with his foot up on the, the barrel and making the pose. Well, I actually do that pose and it's great because 
it's relatable, you know, like they, they see it and they recognize yep. the, the pose and it's, um, <laughs> it's, I do it, I, I do it upside down too. So oh that's, oh, it's a little, little scarier, um, yeah. doing that one, but you know, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite tricks. And like, yo, I, I love the interaction when you hear the crowd start laughing. Yep. Yep, it <laughs> sticks right away. Uh, Keith, thank you so much. This has been a really fun conversation. All the best with you and have fun this year. I uh, appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, we were speaking with Keith Sayers, motorcycle stunt rider, talking us to us about the sport, of course, of motocross, but also the Motorcycle Super Show taking place this upcoming weekend at the International Centre in Mississauga, Ontario. Check it out because it sounds like a lot of fun. In the next hour of Kelly and Ramia, we have Parenting with Lucia Belafonte, talking about how parents can embrace kindness and patience towards themselves and their kids. Also, we are talking to Greg David because he's got a lot to tell us about the all-access comedy special on AMI-tv. But up next, Community Report with Kim Thistle from Newfoundland. We'll be right back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Well, time flies when you're hanging out with us because we're always having fun conversations. Just before the break, when we wrapped up our one of Kelly and Remya, we had uh, Keith Sayers on to talk about stunt motocross, and that was riveting. Just, that's uh, leading up to the International uh, Motocross Super Show. Oh, my God. What is it actually called? Motorsports Super Show? Super... Anyways, Motorcycle Super Show. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I need to like, triple help her out. No, no, she's doing quite there. fine. Let's leave her alone. Oh, anyway, yeah, yeah it's, it's better than ophthalmological, I guess. But anyway, yep. now headed into hour two. So we got some staples coming up now. Kelly McDonald, Ramia Amuddin. Time to visit with community reporters. We do this Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays on the program. So let's uh, do a check-in right now with Kim Thistle who is going to bring to us news from St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labrador. Uh, Kim's got a pointy hat on. Um, and Kim, I, I don't really know why you would have it saying what it's... Oh, yeah, I guess because we just passed the first. So why wouldn't it say Happy New Year? And Happy New Year to you and welcome. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. I'm still keeping the momentum going. I'm still yeah, partying. Me too. You know... Oh, January there's, 31st, I actually there went out it is. To, to, the partying, <laughs> to the partying. That's oh. how come you still keep it going. Mummers, Christmas, uh, New Year's. What happens January 31st? You'll figure out a date or, or an event. I'll figure out something else. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, we're going to start with your first item today as we welcome you back to the show and kick our community reporters off for another year on the show. Um, the Loop at Bannerman Park, in, this is in St. John's. Yes, it is, and it's it's a beautiful. Um, I call it like a historic park, and it, it's a, in the historic neighborhood of you know downtown St. John, the old older homes and things like that, and the colonial building, the original government building. Beautiful park, big, tall, you know, majestic trees. And so the city of St. John's a few years ago installed a trail, like we call it an outdoor skating rink. So mm -hmm. it's really nice and, and you know very lovely. To, it's not as big as the picture you're showing there, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it, it's a nice it's a nice loop. And you know a thing to get out is open from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day. And then they, they, they there's a phone number to call for, to know when they do the maintenance because they do have to do the maintenance a couple of times a week. But overall, free. Like I thought, an event getting out with your friends, your family, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your 
No, you're whatever. Just getting a group of friends together yeah. and lace up hey, your hey. skates. I wear a helmet. <laughs> right. I do. But it's fair. But Kim, I was just going to ask you. Doing that, it, I mean, other than hey, I'm not a strong skater, maybe or whatever it might be, good for the kids and so on. Is it kind of that? place where a beginner can go and feel very comfortable there's not yes. hills or anything yes. it's just a level um, one through some beautiful background yes it is like i've gone a couple of times with my friends and we take our time and you know and it's yes. generally it's almost like meandering around the loop and the young kids if they're any faster they'll just go around you but i i felt safe and it's been a few years since i've been there but obviously it's weather permitting and you know mm -hmm. if we keep the you know temperature below freezing so yes it's 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 not a you're not going out practicing your hockey and they, they obviously tell you that too like there's not a place to yeah. bring your hockey sticks or anything like this this is oh that'd be terrifying out, get fresh oh. air well, what's beautiful about these, Kim, is we didn't have them when we were children. Not not through parks, right. not trails like this. They didn't have the means to do this kind of thing. And now most cities, towns have somewhere that is a, it's not just a, hey, man, come out to the big square you know, plank of ice and go crazy. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like the right. old and roller rinks or anything like that. Right. It's through trees, through beautiful it settings. Exactly. And we're, we're promoting like activism, you know, getting out yeah. and enjoying fresh air and, and winter sports as well. They like, had snow trails and ski, excuse me, and see, skiing. But yeah, I agree with you. These are, you know, wonderful initiatives done by different various communities. And speaking of wonderful things being done by various communities, there are some traditions that have been upheld um, through Newfoundland, through St. John's, that you kind of got to remember, hey, these are uh, worth celebrating and worth kind of recognizing the history of. So we're going to, you're going to tell us about a presentation talking about the history of mummering and house visiting traditions. Now, there's a is it a 15-year anniversary for this presentation? I'm, that's how I interpret it. I'm okay. not sure so much the interpretation of fit, or was it reenacting, bringing back. Remember yeah. last December, I talked about the mummering, the two weeks, you know, the lead up to making your ugly stick, getting your costume ready, and the finale is the mummer's parade. Uh -huh. So I, I took it to mean that this has been 15 years they've been doing this, you know, mummer's festival. Right, because mummering itself has been going on for much longer than right, that. Right, and it, it died off, but now it's something mm. that's being resurged and, and bringing back, and it, and it's so much fun. Like, you don't see it much in, well, I haven't seen it in St. John's, so unless you're going to a party and, mm. you know, someone dresses up and comes in and you're unexpected, but it truly has been a tradition around the Bay, as I call out in, you know, the smaller rural outport communities, very mm -hmm. much alive, very energetic, and, you know, and that's wonderful, like, traditions are being kept. So this is a retrospective. Dale Jarvis is ho is facilitating it. And I'm, let me make sure the name of the person. Tara Barrett is going to present. So they're going to talk about, I'm going to read out because it's really cool. Presentation on the history of mummering, jannying, ribbon fools, hobby horses, wren boys, and more. We'll explore the background complete with special appearances by some of these colorful characters. And I just said a whole bunch of things you would not have a clue about. <laughs> <laughs> like mummering, like dressing up, jannying is another other thing and that's dancing the wren boys as a tradition of um carrying and these all came from like ireland like hundreds of years ago right. our right. ancestors there and it would be tying a wren onto a, a, a tree a branch and going house to house children would be to collect money to bury the wren it's not a live bird anymore so th there's so many different interesting things that i'm tradition wow and i'm losing my hat each time <laughs> 
<laughs> and excitement. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real happy new year. But it's interesting, Kim, because there are so many traditions associated with the mummering. And yes. like you just said, guys, you wouldn't even know what the heck. So at first I thought you were saying, oh, I thought these are characters maybe that come But these are, like you say, traditions, why you do this or why this is done. And yeah. and how cool. And how unique. horse. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. Is the presentation a, um, like a... A hands-on, like a reenactment, that kind of thing. How do they run this? Do you well, know? That's good. Cause my, my interpretation of it, because I tried to pick events that were free. Obviously, we don't coming sure. back into you know we just think expense and indulgence of Christmas. So the loop, like I said, getting outdoors. This event and this is direct perspective. So my interpretation is that they're going to talk about the history. Like he, Dale Jarvis, who's a folklorist and storyteller himself, is going to be asking this lady question. And apparently, there's going to be special guest performers come by. So I think it's going over the history and how it came about. Like I said, these came from Ireland and different things and, and how taking that tradition and interpreting it here in Newfoundland. So mm. that's my interpretation. Right. I don't think it's so much hands-on because hands-on was the the, the two-week mummer festival. The actual yeah. festival, yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and, and it's... it's it I think it's important with the history because we always talk about how things are lost by lack of interest, lack of participation. And the reason yes. that is people, it's not foremost in their minds because they don't know the history behind something exactly. to say, oh, wow, that's that's yeah. here. That's from here. That's why it's here. That's cool. And I think we need to hear and to, to, to value something, don't we, Kim? Yes, and our, and our culture, well, obviously in Newfoundland, Labrador, we're very proud of our culture. Yeah. You know, it's a big part of our lives, sure. and I think it makes a big reason a lot of people like to come to Newfoundland, because we very much embrace our culture and share it. And, and not for me, growing up in the city of St. John's, I didn't see that aspect of it so mm. much as you would if you had lived elsewhere. So I think it's, it's awesome. A lot of pride. That's for sure. Uh, let's talk yeah. a little music, Kim. Um, we will rock you. And this yeah. is the uh, Winter Pops Newfoundland Symphony Orchestra presenting. I think this is going to be so cool. I have not, I'm going to admit, I have not gone to a sympathy or sympathy, sympathy, I don't mean any sympathy, symphony <laughs> yeah. orchestra. You're not insulting anyone there. <laughs> I have heard symphony. on television. <laughs> but I, I think the topic, like this concert, let me back up. This was sold out. So they've added two extra days. So that tells you how popular wow. this is. And oh, yeah. Queen, who doesn't love the music of Queen? I mean, I can't, you know, I'd be surprised. So they're doing the music of Queen with the orchestra. And Kelly Ann Evans, she is a force to be reckoned with. She's our local performer. She is phenomenal, an incredible voice. I really enjoy watching her perform. I've seen her perform many mm. other times. And they said there's going to be other special guests. So the music of Queen being put to... The orchestra and you imagine now when they start off bohemian rhapsody you've got you know what the song i'm talking about right mm -hmm. oh yeah, yeah oh, right yeah. yeah i mean that i i'm just really looking forward to i bought my ticket today because i hadn't realized it you know until i started searching for our events and they, they said do you want to do thursday and i said oh okay thursday i didn't realize so and i know sunday was added so but um the tickets are getting less so any of my friends who have um you know, any disabilities, you know, you can use your attendant pass. And I think there's seats put aside for wheelchair users and those with disability. So as Anyone, as I've yeah. always said, the Art and Culture Centre is accessible. They have the outdoor ramp to get in, brings you into the main lower level of the stage area. So uh, elevators as well. So a very nice venue. I encourage you to get out and, you know, dance in your seat. Mm. 
So first time I went to see uh, a symphony, I was told it's a compliment to the to the to the orchestra if you fall asleep. Oh, I'm not sure, Kim. I would trust that even if it wasn't Queen, which is going to keep you hopping anyway, regardless. But I was told by goers, regular goers, that it is a compliment if they lull you to sleep. Really? Interesting. Yeah. But I'm not about to find that out and have somebody put down their, their bass drum and start whipping stuff at me or anything like that. Forget it. And, or throw a yeah. timpani at me. And like, all. like specifically for classical music, maybe? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But not like a musical. Can you imagine just falling asleep at Wicked yeah. and But when you talk about awake. a symphony and the things they do, apparently for when they when there was more of it around where you could yeah. go every week and see whatever yeah. the performances, we know a lot of them have gotten into financial strife and, and just don't yeah. have the symphonies we used to, but apparently it, it's a compliment. Kim, right. thanks a lot. I'll keep that in mind. Okay, I Enjoy will not fall show. asleep during We Are we Will Rock You Queen. I will I really be it. disappointed yeah. if I do. Yeah, the champions will <laughs> the wake you one, up, though. that's for sure. <laughs> Sorry, I just have a visitor just nudged at me to my my um English setter. Poked his head in. <laughs> Kim, thanks a lot. As usual, uh, Kim Thistle, our community reporter, uh, covering off stories at St. John's, Newfoundland, and Labrador. Awesome stuff. If you missed, do check out the podcast. And Ramya, yes, you can fall asleep, but do not bring your duvet into the place. And I know. Try to sleep. I was, like, I was hiding that. your pillow. I was wondering yeah, where you draw hard. the line here. Yeah. <laughs> Me falling asleep Man, everywhere. I was told it was a compliment. <laughs> I brought my neck pillow just in case. <laughs> Why did your cleaning crew wake me up at 3 in the morning? I was having a good nap. <laughs> this isn't a back-to-back -back show. Aw, only got two hours of sleeping. Anyway, we're going to take a break and come back to talk about the all-access comedy special on AMI-tv. It's upcoming. It's very exciting. And Greg David, our communications specialist, is going to tell us all about it. It's Kelly and Ramia. Right around the corner. Welcome back. It's Kelly and Remya on AMI-tv and AMI-audio. We love having this weekday daily show with you. Two hours of conversations, guests, contributors, and lots of different topics covered. We like to dedicate actually at least once a week some time to AMI and things going on around the channel, usually AMI-tv content, and that's where we're headed today. Um, it's just nice because there's a lot going on in the world of AMI, and so there's lots of things to spotlight. Today, we're joined by Greg David. I mean, why wouldn't he join us on the first show back if, of 2024? He's our communication specialist at AMI. He knows everything that's going on all the time. And he wants to discuss the upcoming AMI-TV special, All Access Comedy. Greg, we've been waiting around for this forever, it feels like. I'm super excited that we're going to talk about it. Happy New Year to you. Well, thanks, and Happy New Year to you as well. So first of all, Greg, how were your Christmas holidays? Did you uh, take time off and chill and not see anybody like I did? Well, I mean, I was talking to somebody about this earlier today. I feel like I need a few more days off to just relax because um, I... Seems to be the common on, thread. Yeah, like on Christmas Day, we had family come over and, and open presents. And then on December the 30th, my extended family, my, my parents came to stay for a few days. And my sisters and their partners and two of my nieces came by for the day to open up presents. And we had a total of 12 people here for dinner on December the That's 30th. Yeah, so I mean, we we got we had to get long tables. We had to move furniture and have everybody sitting down. But I mean, it was great to have a, a 
house full of people, mm. but you forget how much work goes into doing that oh, when all of a sudden getting you have ready, to running around, yeah. serving them and cleaning up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's all of that involved, Kelly. So it was wonderful to have everybody visit. I mean, there were people like my parents drove seven hours to, to get here yes. and to stay for a few days. So, uh, yeah, it was a very, very busy time. What about uh, what about you, Kelly and, and Rami? What were your holidays like? Just like she said, quiet at my end. Um, we, my, like I was saying to you once, Greg, I think my family never went anywhere. We were not travelers at Christmas, not even to go. We stayed. My parents preferred having and entertaining everybody on Christmas Day and respecting they had other things to do and other places to go. So they right. did their best to fit in. But we never were that family that goes anywhere. So a trip or anything like that was always out. It was always, ah, what a nice time. It's so busy at first. Just enjoy the quiet mm -hmm. when you yeah, I can count on one hand how many people I saw during the holidays. I was really going into it saying it's going to be an actual break for me. I wanted to right. read. I wanted to watch TV. I wanted to be uh, super antisocial. And I held strong. You I, succeeded. I did. I succeeded. Yeah, I'm good really, for you. I feel very rested. I'm one of the few people who didn't say um, that it feels like we're back at work too early. But, or, but you know. have you heard, either of you, man, it seems so short this year. Yeah. Isn't it, though? It's always I too felt short, it no? to me. Yeah, but to you, anything short. I could give you four <laughs> Obviously, months off. Obviously, because we be were booking saying, right, in the two weekends. Heck, the like, month. we feel what about yeah. the four? robbed of days yeah, yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's no, because that's you're true. so busy at Christmas, regardless, Ooh, right? Not me. And, and then by the, well, no, okay, I'm talking normal people. <laughs> oh, Greg, wow. those guys. Okay. Um, then now all I of a sudden, you know, yeah. boom. By the way, that was one of the titles of the books that I read. Normal people. Normal people. So good. Yeah. Oh, great. I got a, I got Getty Lee's. I got oh. Getty Lee's biography, uh, My F and Life, and so I read that over the holidays. Ah. I just finished it yesterday, and I also squeezed in a couple of afternoon naps. So, yes. you know, I, I can complain about being busy, but there was some some downtime That's as well nice. when I wasn't stuffing candy into my face and cheese and salty meats. <laughs> oh, I no, was just going to say, to I don't think there's any negative about your holidays. No. <laughs> well, maybe too many people great, around. actually. Maybe yeah. too many people around. Getty Lee would be great. We'll, we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, this is really great, Greg. Anything else that got covered uh, that we should know? Um, okay. What else on New Year's, for example, did you guys do? I mean, there was several things of which you could tune into on yeah. December 31st alone. Did you watch any of this stuff? No, it turns out we didn't end up watching anything. Uh, we don't really celebrate New Year's Eve. It's a little bit more quiet at our place, so we didn't spend any time watching any of the live celebrations from you know Toronto or Niagara Falls or, or New York City. Uh, like I said, my parents were here, so we actually watched the 1973 movie The Day of the Jackal on mm. New Year's Eve with uh, yeah. Edward Fox. He plays an assassin who's hired to kill Francis, uh, President Charles de Gaulle. Uh, and it's a great, it's a great, great Isn't film. Isn't Jack so Nicholson in that too? Isn't that one of his... No, no, Jack Nicholson's no, Jack Nicholson's not in it. Uh, it's a French and Eng and uh, and England, France and Eng England um, co-production, and so right, it's all okay, British. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, of course, on December the 29th, my parents and partner and I all sat down to watch the Kelly and Ramia primetime yeah. special on AMI well, We know Jack Nicholson wasn't in that. No, he was not <laughs> in that one. He couldn't make it, unfortunately. But we there were a lot of other people that were there. And uh, if you didn't catch it, it's all right, because go to uh, the AM AMI Plus. You can stream it there, and you can also stream it on the AMI YouTube channel. But, wow, it was so great to, first of all, be there in person, but then to watch how the, you know, the show was all put together into the one hour special was just awesome it turned out great 
I will yeah. say it was a lot of fun. Um, and the band, I'm always going to shout out the band, right? We were, we had LH Express on Lucas Hanneman and the team, and it was so good hearing them live and then hearing like that crisp audio quality on the special as well. So what yeah. surprised yeah. you, Greg, while watching it filmed? What was or most impressed you? In, in person, it was the band, but watching it back, it was the great behind-the-scenes video that you both shot showing oh, people. so fun. Yeah, and explaining how the show is put together, and that was something that I had people say I didn't know how a television show was made. So the fact that you went behind the scenes with that tour I thought was really helpful, really informative, and a lot of fun. And, of course, the bloopers. <laughs> I mean, I think that you know there should be a blooper reel every year that gets broadcast on the Kelly and Ramya show. I agree. That was just that was so good. They must all include Bill Shackleton. Cause... <laughs> Bill Shackleton's story. <laughs> and Ramya, back to his I story. volunteer Bill and Ramya for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. I'll step aside and step back. No, no. Oh, you're great on the bloopers as well. It's so sad because both of us had moments where we didn't even remember the show name. Like, wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it's a new year now. So when we're looking forward to AMI-TV, there's a lot of program coming up. Yeah. You want to talk about all-access comedy. This is a new special airing on AMI-TV, AMI+. Plus On February 9th. I'm very excited. Yeah. So it was filmed last year. Tell us um, what it showcases. Yeah, absolutely. So it's hosted by international comic superstar DJ Damaris, who is hard of hearing, and and uh, he's previously worked with AMI in the past. So great to have him uh, be the MC and kind of headliner uh, for All Access Comedy. But it's a stand-up special that's really like nothing else that has been out there before, uh, because Canadian comedians from the disability community all came together to celebrate their unique outlook on life. Uh, it was for a packed audience in Halifax, uh, and uh, it was. A, it took place in a theater that was not only accessible, but we also used technology to make it fully accessible to everybody there and then uh, to the viewing audience uh, when it comes up in February. And it uh, was filmed live during the 2023 Halifax Comedy Fest last April and uh, from the fully accessible Spats Theater in downtown Halifax. So uh, it all came together last spring, almost a year ago. And uh, here we are. It's finally coming to the airwaves on February the 9th. So, so excited. I'm kind of curious, Greg. Yeah. You were not there in Halifax, or were you? I, I don't think you went, no. right? No. No. Okay. So what, and I don't know what you've seen of it and everything like that, but I have to suggest that some of the things, obviously, they did with that show, then us just doing our primetime special, I'm really curious what things we're learning along the way, because this is pretty new for us at AMI mm -hmm. to do stuff like this, these live shows like that. We think that what... Apple Orchard threw at our show was just tremendous in, in making it happen. So I'm kind of curious over time what that feedback will be and, and what you guys might say, yeah, we like that we did that, that worked out that. And that's what I was curious of asking you, what you saw watching it on TV with the camera angles, the the equipment, because we as blind people, I only know that, yeah, there was a lot of stuff there. <laughs> that's yeah, about yeah, it. no. Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, I, I did see a rough cut of All Access Comedy before he broke for the holidays, and I thought it was really funny. Uh, you know, going speaking a little bit to the technology, uh, there were American Sign Language interpreters on site at the side of the stage. They were using CART real-time captioning technology for those members mm -hmm. of the deaf and hard of hearing mm -hmm. community. Uh, there was increased wheelchair accessible seating options. So uh, if you were a wheelchair user, you were right down in front and close to the audience. And uh, the comedians all 
got a crash course in uh, integrated described video training nice. prior to the event. So yeah, that meant that when they come up on stage, uh, when it was appropriate, they would describe what they were wearing and also what they looked like uh, so that members of the blind and partially sighted community could be included. You know, obviously the difference with the, between that and the Kelly and Rami, a primetime special, is that you that's kind of already embedded in your training that, uh, or in your hosting that you explain mm. what's happening to the audience. So for the stand-up comedians, it was a bit of a learning curve for them to say, no, listen, you have to take these extra steps um, for members of the of the audience so that everybody enjoys it uh, together. And they're all included. Yeah, we found that with Dan Berger. He did that yeah. when he came up on our on our primetime special as well. Exactly. Okay, who else performed um, during this show besides Deej? Yeah, so Courtney Gilmore, a very funny comedian uh, who has a limb difference. Uh, Tanya Lee Davis, uh, who identifies as a little person. Aaron Belial, who is mute and uh, and has cerebral palsy. And uh, he is, it's incredible, the technology. Uh, he delivers all of his stand-up because he's mute through his iPhone. So all of his lines are being delivered through voiceover through his phone yes. that he holds up to his microphone. And uh, Ryan Lachance, who is a quad spastic cerebral palsy. Uh, they are all fantastic. They're all hilarious. And of course, you know, not only do they pay, poke fun at themselves, as being members of the disability community, but also the disability community at large and the able-bodied community. So really, really funny sets from all of those stand-up comedians. I'm really excited because of just the variety of uh, mm -hmm. representation of the yep. community, right? Like, you know, we, we have... We've seen it in other shows as well, like all over AMI-TV, all kinds of the disability community spectrum. Um, yep. And so to see it in this kind of comedy way, it means we're going to be touching on a lot of different topics. So I'm just really, like, honestly super excited. It sounds really wonderful. Can you tell us again, when can we check it out? Remind us everything we need to know so that we don't miss out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and obviously, I'm going to try and book some of the, uh, the stand-up comedians in the coming weeks so obviously. they can come on and chat with you as well. But in the meantime, All Access Comedy is going to be broadcast Friday, February the 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern on AMI-TV and also will be available to stream on AMI+. Plus. Fantastic. Is that's there anything tremendous. else you're looking forward to in the next quarter or so uh, on AMI-TV that's coming up? You want to shout oh out? Oh my gosh, there's so much coming up. We've got a brand new season of Dish with Mary that's coming up next week. Uh, the new season of Mind Your Own Business is kicking off this week on AMI-TV. Uh, we've got One More Time with DJ Demers. It's our first partnership with CBC on DJ's sitcom One More Time. Nice. That's going to be coming up next week on AMI-TV. But don't worry, I'll come on the air. I'll remind you about all of those things in the coming weeks. But you can also head to AMI Plus anytime to check out all of those shows and more. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much, Greg. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Greg David is our communication specialist here at AMI, and he, like we said, knows everything that's going on with AMI-TV, so it's nice to get him on once in a while. And by once in a while, I mean, we really mean once a week um, <laughs> to talk about things that are coming up on the channel. After the break, we've got Parenting with Lucia Belafonte. This is a monthly conversation we like to have with her, and this time we're talking about how parents and um, or can embrace kindness, patience with themselves, with their children, and kick off the year off in a positive note. We'll be right back. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Welcome back. It's Kelly and Remya, and I was over the break listening to a nice, cute, adorable audio clip of Beth Deer's daughter, 
Henley saying hi to me. It was really adorable. How'd she say I mean, your name? It was a little bit unintelligible, like. Wow, oh wow. come on! How wow. clear? I have to uh, say it. How I have to really How would you again. say? I think it was okay. a lot more like rah rah than. Okay, so send that to your mom because maybe Super she'll close. name her vacuum cleaner. <laughs> rah rah. Henley says. Your yeah. Name. Yeah, all right. That's less insulting like than that. just naming yeah, it directly like after me. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm so insulted to be named after a vacuum cleaner. Well, I'm sorry. Except the, the, the way that the toddler says it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then you know what your mom's going to say? So I suggested it's all bad. But Obviously. when the toddler says, yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah. sure. Um, folks, speaking of young people, let's get to our parenting. See, we did that well. Nice. Let's get to our parenting. Thanks, Beth, for the assist on that one. It's like a hockey score. Beth, to Rumya, to Kelly. Score! Uh, let's get to our parenting chat with Lucia Belafonte. Are you ready to learn, laugh, and maybe even cry a little? Join me, Lucia Belafonte, as we explore how disability can affect your parenting journey. I'll share advice and stories to help you grow in confidence and courage. Okay, I have to correct myself. I guess it would technically read if I was the public address announcer from Henley to Beth to Rumya yeah. to Kelly to Lucia. Welcome back. <laughs> Hi there. Happy New Year. Yes, to you too. Welcome back to the program. So glad to have you back. We missed you before the holidays. We didn't really get a chance to really have uh, this conversation that we were going to start a little bit of before. And mm -hmm. you've made some alterations. So, man, this conversation's never wasted. I have. I tweaked it for the new year because I really thought that patience and kindness towards yourself and others, and in particular, your children, is so important. Mm-hmm. It never stops, mm -hmm. and it, it shouldn't nope. anyway. Where do you want to begin, Lucia? So I thought I'd ask, um, you know, the audience to think and reflect what they feel kindness is. So for myself, if I think of the word kindness, there are some synonyms that would go along with it, such as um, being affectionate, uh, warmth. There's a gentleness to being kind, uh, perhaps being generous or helpful. And so, right? Yeah, I like that one. The generous one really strikes home mm -hmm. always to me because you can be generous in so many ways, whether it's be giving a physical thing, helping support somebody, whether it's a financial yeah. thing, or the simple things, smiling, being nice, being pleasant, giving a patient ear to listen to someone. Absolutely, right? And then we can also be generous towards ourselves and our children yes. by being a little bit more forgiving, mm. right? It's that idea of not everything has to be um, always the way we thought it it should be. And and so all of those different things, applying them to yourself and your child. So we know that if we would like someone to be helpful towards us, then how can we be helpful towards ourselves or perhaps more helpful towards our children? Yeah. And sometimes, sorry, sometimes that means having a conversation, right? We're really big on communication. So it's having that conversation and it could be asking or listening, you mm. know, actually listening. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, exactly. See, the word helpful, Lucia, is always an mm -hmm. interesting one because it can feel very tactile, right? Like I can tell you how I think ah. I'm being helpful towards you or recognize when other people are being helpful towards us. Mm -hmm. But also, like with any of these other words, kindness, generosity, it can feel a little vague. And that's when we start thinking of, well, how do we express our needs um, for ourselves or for our children or partners? So can you give us some examples to kind of go by or to think about? So uh, perhaps not necessarily helpful, but even towards being helpful to yourself, I always think of one great way is letting go of this need for ourselves as adults to be perfect, and then also for our children. And sometimes we might want for our children things that they do not want for themselves, or we feel they should be at a particular level or performing in a certain way. And that's just not the way it is. And I think we need to accept that that is okay. And by doing that, we're being helpful and generous and kind and accepting and loving and nurturing. And you know, I think that all is bundled in beautifully with being kind towards ourselves mm. and our children. That's a very it's, good point. Yeah, I mm. mean, I think about that. And again, like you say, being kind to ourselves also extends itself to the people around us, particularly our children, because if we're mm -hmm. good to ourselves, there's more of an understanding of ourselves, human beings, tolerance. One of the areas that I've heard the most, especially going to W. Ross uh, mm -hmm. and, and just being in the community, knowing people with blind children or blind, uh, blind parents mm -hmm. with children, is patience. Um, give yourself, you yes. know, like, like, like when you think about doing things, um, what do we, what do we think of? Because, I mean, I've known the parents that say, listen, it's easier for me to do this than get my child. I don't ah. have the patience to teach. Yes, I, I think that's so relevant and important. So when we think of patients and our children, particularly if we ourselves have, a, you know, a particular need or our child, I always think give yourself enough time to do whatever it is that you're doing, whether or not it's teaching your child a new skill or helping them with a new activity, you know, make certain that there is enough time. And it's okay to have that time. Maybe it might mean that you need to break it up into increments. You cannot complete teaching that one activity or perfecting that one activity um, in one session right. or one lesson. But that's okay. Knowing that that is okay is, is so important. So how, where do you think people run into challenges around this concept, right? Like if you're talking about doing less, giving mm -hmm. some more time, not having the expectation of, of finishing everything in one go or saying like, hey, this is the image right. of what I want and therefore we got to, you know, grind, grind, grind to get there. Where do you, like you can, I mean, I don't know how personal you want to get mm -hmm. with it, but where do no. you find it would be challenging for people? Well, you know, that's a, a lovely question. I think one of the most important things, particularly when it comes to our expectations for our children, is always asking ourselves why. Mm. Why is that relevant? Why is that important? Why do we hold that expectation? And if we're really honest with ourselves and sit with it, 
we might realize that really it's not something that we feel is that important. Perhaps we've heard it from someone else, or perhaps it's a cultural adaptation that we no longer feel is serving us. Yeah. Perhaps it's something, right, that someone else has said, oh, your child should be able to do this. Or isn't it time that you teach your child this? And we ourselves don't buy into it or truly believe it. So I think it's important to understand the why. And once we understand the why, then we can go a little bit deeper and say, okay, this is the why, now how? We've talked about this before when we talked about perhaps teaching our child to eat independently. We've gone through the steps. We understand that it's, you know, detailed. And if you do that with all the other things that you're you're considering that your child needs to learn, and, and even for yourself, then you think, you know, maybe we don't need to learn 10 new things this month or 10 new things this year. What is more most relevant to the well-being of not only ourselves, but our children mm -hmm. and perhaps prioritize and go based on that? Yeah, and I think, honestly, reflection plays a huge part in this mm. belief as well, right? Because, and it's a yeah. great time to talk about that because we're reflecting past uh, on the past year yes. and thinking of the progress we've made for ourselves, our yeah. children, our relationships. And, yeah, there's this, you know, like, I'd love to dot, 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 have this done and be yeah. better at this and have all these uh, the checklists for myself and bucket lists. But really, like, when you reflect back, there's more of that gratitude of, you know, incremental understandings or empathy or uh, just more uh, patience and kindness towards ourselves and our people. Yes. I think it's having that gentleness when you look back over the year. What were the things that really mattered? You know, most people will talk about, you know, when we hear uh, someone saying, when you're on your deathbed, what are the things you regret the most? Mm -hmm. Right? I think it's important to reflect uh, as a parent and even as an educator. I like to, I really like to do that on a daily basis. What are the things that are what are most important, not only to me, but to my children? Mm. Did I did I reach that that marker? And if not, okay, that's okay. How can I do better tomorrow? Because every day is new and every day provides us with the opportunity to be patient, to be kind, and to be more in tune with our authentic selves and our children and successful in however we deem that word to be. And when we sit back and we say, maybe we don't have to accomplish 10 things, maybe five is more than enough. And so it gives us the time that we need to, to do those things, do them well, and do them patiently mm -hmm. so that everyone is happier and calmer. Absolutely. I love it. And we're mm -hmm. already talking about it in this way, Lucia, but you did want mm -hmm. to touch specifically on combining kindness and patience. So can you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah. So so one of the things, you know, when we think of combining the two is I always say, what is the purpose of whatever it is that you want to do? So if um, you think you know, we just passed Christmas, but any big event, what is the purpose of celebrating your child's birthday and having this big party that maybe takes you weeks or months to prepare for and stresses you out and then in turn will stress out your child. If the purpose is to show your child that you love them and care for them and want to celebrate them, then we can step back and think, is there a different way to do this? And again, 
depending on the age of your child, that conversation will change, but include your children in those conversations. There's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I really want you to have the birthday party that you want. Let's talk about it. What would make you happy? And then find that balance between what is possible within the time frame that you have. And it could be time frame, it could be energy, it could be financial. You know, find the balance and be able to enjoy the planning, enjoy the activity, enjoy the celebration. To me, what's the purpose of is so important. And yeah. we combine patience and kindness by saying, I'm going to be patient, meaning I accept that it will take some time and I can forgive myself if it's not perfect. Kindness, meaning, you know, I'm going to be gentle towards myself. If I don't, mm -hmm. if I don't do the hundred things I want to do for my child, it's okay. I'm still a great parent. I still love my child and my child still loves me. Right. So Lucia, with this being said, we, we get into that area of what, what that parent, mm. how they are influenced by mom, dad, siblings, friends, what yes. others are doing, what their perception is. This is what I should be doing for my child. Should I be having that conversation? No, it should be a surprise. I can't do that. Oh. Um, there's so many of these other areas that work. What, what do you advise? Because we are so influenced, whether it's the television over there, whether it's, hey, f you know, Joey over there said, well, last social month they media. did this for their kid. What do yes. I do? What do I see on social media? Hey, that was a great idea. What, talk to my kid about it. Why? It's my kid's birthday. I'm supposed to arrange. Right. So you've said so many things in that. Um, and we don't have much time. So I'm going to say the most important thing, again, reflect. Why is it important? Right. Forget what everyone else is saying, right? This is about you and your child and your family. Have those conversations. If it's really important for you to throw a surprise party, then reflect on your child. Think about your child. What is it that your child really likes? What is important to them? And that might mean maybe just having one friend and going out and having pizzas together or playing video games. Mm. It might mean, right, having your family over. I think that reflection and that knowing and understanding of why we want to do something, why it's important, and where the need is coming from will hopefully help you um, forge a path towards feeling a little bit more, not only just in control, but content where, where we are at in this moment, oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. showing ourselves patience and kindness. Yeah, by being present, right? Like uh, this links yeah. into a lot of the conversations we've had with Fern Lullum every other Thursday, just mm -hmm. on mental health and emotional well-being and really yes. like getting out of our own uh, spiraling headspaces sometimes or defensive mechanisms that we use just to be, Absolutely. you know, just, yeah, like we can feel very negatively about things. And sometimes really the simplest way to get out of that is to just be present in the moment outside oh, physically yeah. uh, with yes. your, your kids, right? And, and do yes. the things that you are enjoying in terms of activities so that you're not necessarily thinking about things and uh, on your own and not having the support system you need to just go through the days. Cut yeah, yourself I love slack. that. Give yourself a break, right? And, yes. and, and really be that unit you're supposed to be. Closing remarks, yeah. uh, as you said, time, but you have some time here for anything you want to add to this, Lucia. Oh, 
fantastic. So I'm going to say closing remarks. Reflect on, on the year. Reflect on what you've loved the most. And instead of thinking the negative, like, oh, how can I improve this? How about for this year we say, how can I add more of what made me and my children happy? How can I add more of the good stuff? How can I do more of the good things, more of the happy things, more show more kindness towards myself and others? And, you know, and that might just be I want to leave a, a one little thing. It might just be stopping sometimes when we feel ourselves getting tense and just stopping and breathing, mm-hmm. you know, taking the time to breathe in slowly, hold oh, our yeah. breath for a few seconds and then breathe out. And just adding that one thing that might just work. Yeah, it, it's that really being aware yes. of, of what our reaction, our stress, our feeling does. Because mm-hmm. I think right off the top, when you mentioned, let's plan out the birthday party. But if you plan everything out, if you're stressed, it's just handed to your child. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't yes. want it. Truly, Lucia, like we've come out of, you know, maybe the last week, week and a half being absolute chaos for a lot of families, right? Especially mm-hmm. people with young children or big families. Uh, you might be coming out of that you know, very stressful, very high anxiety mm-hmm. space. And so now into January, hopefully people can slow down a bit and remember the things that you're saying, which is to forgive, yes. to be gentle, to reflect and yeah. say, okay, let's let's reset a little, yeah. right? It's a good time. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And how about a new perspective? So do we have time for a share? Sure. Oh, fantastic. So here, a new perspective of what we think. So this goes back to, Kelly, the questions that you were asking, what we think we ought to be doing or should be done. Um, This holiday, because one of my children has four sets of parents to go visit, Mm -hmm. we saw her earlier. But what we decided to do, because everybody was busy, do you know what our Christmas meal was? Mm -hmm. We ordered Pizza. We ordered out. Yes, nice. it was fantastic. No yep. one was stressed. The goal or, or the activity was simply to be together, to share, yeah. to have fun together. And we had it. And it, I'm telling you, it was one of the best holidays we've had. That's because so you feel like everybody has taken account of the yes. needs of each other yeah. in a really different okay. and simplified way. Yes. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Lucia. Fantastic. You're so welcome. I wish everyone a fantastic 2024. Thank you. We will talk to you next month. Uh, Lucia Belafonte, we speak to on the first Tuesday of every month. And we're going to wrap the show. After the break, we've got a closing moment for you. We will give you a heads up on what's coming up on Now with Dave Brown tomorrow morning. That's the morning show on AMI-tv. And tell you what's coming up on our show as well. Right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Welcome back as we wrap up the show here. Kelly and Ramya, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv live. You can also check out the podcast wherever you listen to pods. Oh, I listen to so many great pods over the and break. You My goodness. It was really awesome. Anyway, um, so check it out. We have segments for you as well as the full show podcast uploaded every day. So that's where you can go listen to Kelly and Ramia on demand. Kels, people can also check out AMI-tv's Now with Dave Brown, 9 a.m. Eastern time every weekday. That's when it's live, but uh, also available on pods. What do they got coming up for the Wednesday edition? 
Real interesting topic on the show, one of the many good topics on the show tomorrow. There's a rise in popularity in AI relationships out there. Uh -huh. But what impacts does AI have on humans uh, and the relationships out there? Kevin Shaw, he's going to weigh in with his thoughts. Never really thought about these said relationships, but I guess that's you got a lot of computer relationships and stuff like Makes that. Sense. Start. So it'll be interesting to see. And we've had people make comments about uh, the assistance and things like yep. that and saying different roles that AI plays, thank right? Thank you mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And what support they give you. It's a new year. We all want to try to improve ourselves. How can you go about uh, creating some good habits for this new year? Shane Baker will offer some suggestions. And entertainment critic Amy Amanti will review the um, highly popular Netflix movie, Leave the World Behind. So oh, all that starting great. 9 a.m. in the morning on uh, AMI-TV, now with Dave Brown. You liked it? Did you check it out yet? Yeah, the apocalyptic uh, movie that Julia Roberts no, is in. That, the oh, Julia Roberts' movie, the mm -hmm. one that she said you should drink wine when yep, watching it. Yep, yep. Great soundscape, by the way. Like, absolutely top-notch for audio Funny production. Ace. Isn't that the one where all technology kind yes, of... Yes, yes, and I'm telling okay. you, if yeah. you were listening with positional audio on, you were getting a three-dimensional experience of all that. Woo. Or yep, uh, if you simply had a Sonos system. Oh, sorry, Ron. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess, I guess. <laughs> I'm not being a hater. Yes, we love your Sonos arc. Okay, so if you're thinking, wow, it was so fun during the holidays. Now January is going to be such a dull lull month. Fear not. I have some reminders of ways that you can occupy yourself during January. First of all, take down your holiday decorations. Kels, uh, have you done this yet? Did you even have decorations uh, up? No, no, I don't have any. Okay, wow. All no, right, no, I will no, take no, down my Christmas no. tree. I don't know, between... You'll take down your wreath. Yeah. Oh, no, you actually put a whole tree up. <laughs> I put up, a tree up, excuse me. Yeah, that's right. That's I'll take right. it down between, like, January 28th and family day or something. Oh, they, you'd put up the darkened tree. The what? Right, you said lights were funny oh, on parts it? of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, you've got the hit and miss tree, right? I tried to diagnose and just, it didn't work out. I had no idea what's going on with that. I got shocked every time I grabbed anyone, even the ones that It wasn't out. fun. I actually broke a light trying to figure it out. Anyway, uh, but my brother was very disciplined, took down his tree on January 1st, unreal. Nah, that's too late. Should have been down on the 25th or 6th. <laughs> sure. Why okay. wait that late? Yeah. Done. Anyways, it's all relative. Uh, give yourself space, a good cleaning or a makeover. You know, it's a quiet month, then great time to just go around and tidy up a little pre-spring cleaning, if you will. You can also clean your closet because, you know, we're really talking about getting rid of uh, things, clothes you don't wear anymore or clothes that have just been around for too long. It's a nice start of the year thing to do. Purge your social media profiles this one was really funny when i found yeah. it which is sounds like a submission of, of elon musk right no no yeah not just apps but getting rid of you know friends or people because i think that yeah. nowadays we just you know accept all kinds Let of friend stay. requests and connections everywhere don't need to do that also same goes to your phone you can purge your contacts maybe because i definitely am guilty for this i save everybody and anybody especially in numbers giant, right yeah and giant yeah. whatsapp groups because you don't want to hear the numbers being oh. read out by voiceover so kind of annoying uh tidy up your computer i love organizing my cloud storage and dropbox so from me to you and this is the last one schedule your doctor's appointments if you don't already have a system going like hey i have my annual checkup around my birthday uh and you have like other things you need to consider this is a good time of year to just get that stuff done that's it 
Looking forward to tomorrow's show, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv, where we will be speaking to Sandra Lavoie of uh, Robert Half Canada, talking about the new 2024 hiring trends across Canada. Lock in your life insurance is one way to protect your loved ones and leave our legacy. We get into this option with financial advisor, Ryan Chin. Looking forward to all those conversations and more tomorrow. Catch us back 2 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv, 4 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio. Kelly and Ramia. We've become a society where we don't want to, you know, condone what other people do necessarily. We always want people to hear our opinion, but we do want people to recognize we feel free that they have their own choice, their own viewpoint and things that they should be doing, want to do, desire to do. And again, we stick to the, well, it's not hurting anyone. And I think when I say this, <laughs> there are those who are going to take it the wrong way or feel a different opinion towards me. I'm not one for come New Year's deciding I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to do that this year. I've never been. I've never dispelled it. I'm not going to say I've never tried to start something and pick it up and say, now I'm going to try to continue this as long as I can, certainly. But I've also done that in the middle of the year. So I've never felt that I needed to say, hey, yeah, this is what I've made. And some people are really about those pledges, really serious about it, as much as the others will make fun of it and say, yeah, I'll last that for a month, or if I start one, it'll last maybe 15 days or something, ha, ha, ha. Like that thing to do and don't really worry that you fail at it. Um, I never really think about it that way because, I mean, look, if you're thinking there's something you need to change, you want to add to your repertoire of things you do, whatever it might be, it's generally important. It's generally something you should do for yourself if you can whether it's intermittent whether it's something you have struggles keeping going on or something you take on and bang no problem or you try it out and say, ah it's not for me um i think it's always generally good um whether it's quitting smoking but versus maybe saying yeah i think i'm gonna try to eat even more and not exercise or i'll pick up smoking you know maybe maybe that's not a good idea but i think people who have a habit particularly you do the best you can. It's an ongoing battle forever. As a big guy, I know I battle, wow, okay, be careful what you eat, but don't penalize yourself and not have this and, uh, and that. Uh, enjoy the things you want to. But I've never been one to take on, I'm going to do this and go out there and feel so upset because I couldn't do it. I didn't achieve exactly the goal I wanted. Because I know you still, regardless if you do or not, achieve that. The real work is Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. Bring it up.